0: Christians are at a crossroads. What's at stake? The ability to freely live out the gospel in America. A child learning center takes their state to the Supreme Court to get access to rubber shavings for a playground. On the surface, it's an interesting reason to go to court, but it goes even deeper than that.
1: Why are we being treated worse than everybody else just because we're owned by a church? Why should our kids be less safe than everybody else just because we're owned by a church?
0: On this episode of Behind the Front Lines, Religious Liberty in America, we hear the story of Trinity Lutheran Child Learning Center's fight to improve the safety of playgrounds for children in their community and why their simple request became a religious liberty issue. This is Behind the Front Lines, Religious Liberty in America. Trinity Lutheran Child Learning Center is located in a small town of Missouri. They've served their local community for more than 90 years. A grant program administered by the Missouri Department of Natural Resources became the linchpin to a larger fight for freedom. It's why a small-town church would find themselves uniquely burdened to engage the religious liberty issue found in their state. As you'll hear from the attorneys and ministry leader involved, the fight over scrap tire materials started with a desire to ensure the safety of the children in their community and ended with the reinforcement of religious liberty in their state and in our country's highest court. It all began when Missouri's Department of Natural Resources launched a grant program to recycle scrap tire materials into playground chips, so communities meeting their application requirements could make improvements. Trinity Lutheran Child Learning Center submitted their grant application to the state after inquiring over the phone if they would be eligible to apply for the program. Throughout the state's process, they were ranked fifth out of 44 applicants, scored using criteria set by Missouri's Department of Natural Resources. It was during the award period that Trinity Lutheran Child Learning Center found out their application had been denied, based on the Missouri state constitution. For background on this story, we talked to Trinity Lutheran Child Learning Center's director, Annette Keene.
1: So as the director, I'm basically in charge of the school. So um, my duties include hiring staff, scheduling staff, um, I'm in charge of curriculum, I'm in charge of the budget, expenditures, purchases, um, pretty much any aspect of the school, the main, um, the uh, food service um, and the people that uh, prepare that, um, my relationship with the families and customer service my relationship with the congregation and making sure um, the mission part of the school is met. So kind of that all um, comes back to me as the leader of the school. It pretty much has taken over my life. There's a lot of stress that's involved in it, but then it's also very rewarding. Um, I really enjoy being with the kids. I enjoy doing the mission part of it. So once my kids left home, you know, it kind of lets me be a leader to a bunch of families then. So I like that part.
0: Annette eventually found herself facing something else unexpected, a religious liberty issue involving the Learning Center.
1: We were replacing a piece of playground equipment on the toddler side. And as part of that, they were looking to um, change the ground cover to make it as safe for the kids as possible. And they had heard that Missouri had the Playground Scrap Tire Surface Material Grant that would allow a pour-in-place rubber surface instead of what we had, which was um, pea gravel on that side. And they wanted to make it as safe as possible for the kids. So, the chairman of the congregation at the time had called the state of Missouri and asked if we could apply. And they said, yes, anybody can apply. So, we did. Um, They ranked our application, and it was fifth out of 44 applicants. Um, And then, when they were giving them out, they said, you can't have that because you're owned by a church. And I think he then contacted. ADF um, who said they would be interested in um, taking on the case so then he brought it to the congregation to see if that was something that the congregation also would um, be behind and the congregation I was on the board of directors at the time so I remember the conversation that we had about it and basically everybody um said that yes uh they definitely, our church felt strongly that we should pursue it for the principle of it. Um, nobody really even was worried about whether we won the money at the end, but um, we really wanted to pursue it on the principle that, um, that re- religious organizations shouldn't get treated worse than everybody else and that our kids on the playground should be as safe as other kids, that they, we should look at it from that point of view.
0: It's important to note that Annette's school is open to the whole community, not just members of Trinity Lutheran.
1: So our learning center itself, it's just a preschool that um, anybody can come to. So we are preschool accepts um, children two years old through pre-K, and we're open 630 to 530. So we have a lot of um, parents who work bring their children here. A lot of school teachers bring their children here. We have neighborhood families. We have families that live outside our um, immediate community or some that are close enough to walk. So we serve, um, we have different races and religions that bring our kids here. Some don't speak English when they come here. So our population is very diverse and anybody is welcome to to come.
0: Even before applying, Trinity Lutheran contacted the agency to see if they were eligible. They even ranked fifth out of 44 applicants to become a recipient, but things changed. They found out they wouldn't receive the grant after all, merely because the school was owned by a church.
1: My first reaction was probably that Why are we being treated worse than everybody else just because we're owned by a church? Why should our kids be less safe than everybody else just because we're owned by a church? I think at the time we had maybe three church members that go to our preschool and all the rest are community kids go to different churches or don't go to a church at all plus um, our playground is used by neighborhood kids. So the vast majority of the kids that are playing on our playground are not church members. We open it up to anybody, and all those kids can't be as safe as everybody else just because the playground itself is owned by a church. So all those kids suffer. A lot of people saw it that kids are kids and kids should be safe. And so um, we really didn't get... Nearly as much, you know, I I don't really, we really didn't get people that disagreed with that, um, with that philosophy, you know, that the, the kids on the religious playground should be treated the same as, as others.
0: This was not an easy fight and ended up going all the way to the Supreme Court.
1: I guess I wasn't involved all the way along, but I think that there's, I guess my thought is that, um... People just see the separation of church and state as a different meaning that the separation of church and state means that never should they ever provide anything to a religious organization. And it's kind of just gone that way. And so if you if you interpret it that way, that means never shall they ever. And so that's why. That's just a personal, I mean, that's not a legal opinion. That's just the way that it seems that the trend has gone. On a personal level to me, it's that they can't force, the state shouldn't force you to be religious, not that they should discriminate against people of religion. I guess that's what it means to me. which it seems to now be that um, it has gone past the, past the force to mean that, to the discrimination part, that people of religion are treated like second class citizens. The congregation, like I said, talked about it and they felt that people of religion shouldn't be treated like second class citizens. And so um, if no one ever stood up, then, we would continue to be, it was going to take somebody to stand up and say, we have to try and stop this. And so that's why. Well, like my kids all wanted to come with me to the Supreme Court to see it argued. They are kind of like me, that they like, you know, new things too. Um, And they, I think everybody thought that it was a principle worth fighting for. We didn't talk about it a lot. It wasn't brought up at church a lot. It was just, you know, around the learning center, our focus was still on the kids, um, all the things that we needed to do to give them a great day and keep them safe, keep them exploring and excited. And then, you know, maybe I would be doing something in the office, but um, then we would be right back to work uh, doing what we were supposed to do about the kids. So it was definitely like step outside, do the Supreme Court thing for a few minutes and then go right back to work.
0: Thanks to the work of Alliance Defending Freedom, this was an easier process than it would have been otherwise for Annette, who, as we heard earlier, would have been much too busy to fight this battle on her own.
1: We were, they were kind of directing the process, yes, and then we would um, would do whatever they needed us to do, if they needed me to do something. But it was all, most of it was just a legal process, so we would contribute when we needed to.
0: Thankfully, this was an easy process. For those involved at Trinity Lutheran Child Learning Center, going through the legal hurdles, even up to the Supreme Court, they could now provide children access to this valuable service and make improvements to their playground provided by their local government. As we uncovered the details of this unique story, we heard from Trinity Lutheran Child Learning Center and understood why they would choose to fight for religious liberty. In June 2017, the Supreme Court ruled 7-2 to two in favor of Trinity Lutheran. It is now able to receive a new playground surface. And thanks to this case, more attention is being brought to issues like these that could impact any given ministry's access to government grants. Our thanks to Annette Keeney, Trinity Lutheran Child Learning Center, and the lawyers at ADF working to ensure we all can serve our communities in Christ's name. Next time on Behind the Front Lines, a college that has always been on the right side of history finds itself put on the defensive by aggressive health care law. What really drove our commitment to the abolition movement What drove our commitment to granting degrees to freed slaves and to women long before many other places were doing that was really tied to our confessional commitments to Christ and His Word that have guided the college all along and many things that are central to what it means to be faithful to Christ in an age that's full of changes and dynamics. Tune in to find out how ADF helped this college deal with the encroachment of abortive services into Christian organizations. Behind the Front Lines is paid for by Alliance Defending Freedom and produced by CT Creative Studio. We encourage you to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and to share, rate, and review the program so others can discover the work ADF is doing. You can learn more about ADF's Church and Ministry Alliance programs at adfchurchalliance.org.